Welcome to The Extra Pieces. I'm Richard from The Rambling Brick and... I'm Jay from Jay's Brick Blog. Welcome to our little podcast and come and join us while we talk about Lego sets, things happening in the Lego fan community and pieces we've stepped on in the middle of the night. Jay, g'day. It's good to see you. It's been a little while since um, we've actually put voice to recording but we've probably seen each other in real life a little bit more recently yeah probably um as much as we've had since knowing each other you know we've got to spend spend some quality time together um over in billund in denmark yes you, you almost can't get any further away from melbourne or from australia than that and that's how far we had to go in order to be able to spend a couple of days together um, very long very long what 20 hours in the air all up uh not fun i lose track there's generally about 30 hours between the time that i leave home and i get to where i'm going so um it takes a little while doesn't it yep but you know it's been yeah it's been about i think a week um a bit a week since i've been back you might have been back um i know i know you took a couple of extra days to sightsee in copenhagen i've been almost back for a week um but that that doesn't matter because chances are you're listening to this um, podcast in the future, dear listeners, in which case um, a couple of days here or there probably won't make a huge difference to you. Hello, future but, um, listeners. I hope the world is treating you well. Indeed. Um, so we went over to Denmark for a couple of reasons, Jay. We went to attend the Scarebeck Fan Weekend, which is one of the larger um, European AFOL networking events. It um, would you call it? Would you call it the um, the world's premier Lego fan event? Given its you know proximity to to Denmark, to Germany, you know, two very big, um, you know, obviously very important territories for Lego. You know, it's 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 the fan convention convention close to the heart of Lego. So is it? Because I've never been to an international fan convention, so I don't have any sense of comparison. Uh, so convention. I'll, um, I'll certainly say that it's the biggest one that I've been to, but I've not been to any of the American ones. So it's hard to work out from where I stand, which is not looking too closely at what's happening at the American ones, whether or not they're bigger or smaller than Scarebeck. Um Listeners, if you've been to an American fan event, um, particularly one of the larger AFOL networking events such as Brickworld Chicago, Bricks by the Bay, um, BrickCon. That's a few. That's a few. America's. Brick Rodeo, uh, Bricks Cascade. I've left several out. I'd better include Bricks Can just so that the Canadians don't feel that they've been lumped in with the residents of the United States. Um but I'd love to get a feel if you've been to one of those and you've been to Scarebeck, what's the vibe like? Um, and yeah, so yeah, Scarebeck was great. It was a great um, experience and it so happened to fall on the same weekend as, um, no, this was my main reason for um, for making the long commute to Billund, uh, which was Fan Media Days, which is a, uh, a two-day annual event organized by the uh, Lego Ambassador Network for select um, Lego fan media. Um, This is the first physical fan media days um, in two years. So the last two years um, have been virtual, um, if I recall correctly. Mm. Um, Yeah, so it's it's nice to... It's it's my first um, in-person fan media days. So that was was very special and very exciting for me. but yeah, so I think that was the you know that, that that was the main reason why we were there, and it was it was also very very cool to also get to um, to do Scareback uh, as well. Mm. Um, so for those who haven't ever been to Scareback, imagine a Lego fan event held in a small town about an hour and a half's drive south of a another country town in Denmark, being Billund. And 
Imagine a town recreation centre with over 100 cabins on site for people to stay at to attend events at the recreation centre. And that's what's going on at Scarebeck. There's a steering committee that have um, been looking after the event for a number of years now. The event was originally started by the AFOL engagement team or the community engagement team as they were known at the time from the Lego group. And um, there's now an independent steering committee that runs the event. It sort of kicks off a little bit in advance with a day at the Lego House, which this year coincided with the fifth anniversary of the Lego House opening. I was about to say somewhat redundantly five years ago. Whoops, I appeared to have said it anyway, Jay. Um, so there were about four or 500 people at the Lego House that day. And from there, some had already checked into Scarebeck. Others of us made our way down there. Then we took the next day to sort of get settled in and bumped in. And then Friday, uh, Saturday and Sunday, we had a very busy time. It was nonstop, but at the same time, it was pretty chill as well. Um, I think the cabins, uh, the, the cabins were quite cool. It had a very school camp summer camp vibe to it you're kind of like in the middle of nowhere in this big convention center everyone's staying at cabins um i got there for the um for the barbecue slash dinner um event which was under um, um under sub it, it was pretty intense it was intense um well, in a marquee at any rate. Well, okay, intense. yes you're quite right um, there, you know, yeah so yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it had um, a very, yeah, so we, it had a very cool, cool vibe. Like you know, you just, and I think the the added novelty of being away from home as well. It's not like Brickvention where you know you're done, you go back home, and then you go back to Brickvention. You're in, um, you know, familiar territory. This was, yeah, this was this was quite nice. Kind of like a, kind of like a, you know, like a Lego summer camp vibe to it, which was. Except nobody got in trouble for perhaps having a glass of oh, wine. Was, in yeah, there was quite a bit of alcohol, but you know, when in Europe. <laughs> um, yeah, so there's certainly a, a pretty full on party vibe for the weekend. Um, I've look, we've both had a lot of engagement with various people online over the years. Um, it was terrific getting to meet readers and listeners and even just people I've talked with in various Facebook groups over the years, just getting to meet them in real life. Did you did you have that sort of an experience as well, Oh, yeah. Um, lots of fanboy uh, moments for me as well, like, you know, meeting, um, you know, meeting people from like Brickset, for example, um, or, or meeting people who I follow on Instagram and, you know, just people coming up to say hello. So, you know, if you, if you came up to say hello and to shake our hands, that was very, very appreciated. Um, yeah, I think being being far away from home, um, you you obviously follow a lot of these Lego fans, um, you know, Lego content creators or Lego builders online. You're very familiar with their work. You're very familiar with their profile photos. Um, you may have had you know tons of conversations over DM or Twitter or in Facebook in various Facebook groups. But you know, I think just meeting in person. Um, was 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 very very cool. I think especially after the last two years where we've been, you know, sort of apart, um, and you know, not particularly social. Um, that that added to it as well. Mm. Yeah. No, it was certainly. I, I found it very hard to get a lot of things done, mostly because, oh look, there's someone else that I've been meaning to meet. Oh look, g'day. There's somebody else. G'day. Um, if I fail to catch up with you or to say g'day to you at the event, I beg your pardon. I'm terribly sorry. It was very busy. Um, feel free to just drop us a note on Instagram or Twitter at Extra Pieces Pod, and you know we've got to start planning for next year's trip. Um, if I if I make it there well, next year, that would be nice. But who I'll, knows? I think next next year I've probably decided that. Let me rephrase that. Next year, um, so so the Nola in chief from the Rambling Brick came along with us as well. To did she have a good time? Uh, she did have a good time. Um, her experience was very different to mine. Um, she got to see all the models at, at Scarebeck, which was quite exciting. So I'm now going through her photos. Um, 
we might look at a mid-year summer kind of event next year. And um, I'll have to admit there's something to be said for sunny Portugal in the middle of June. Mm. So we might be considering that event next year. Um, well, just keep your uh, keep your calendar open for fan media days, you know, because that's, uh, you know, hopefully we get to go again. Yeah, it'd be nice too. Um, it was certainly, um, I suppose the other thing that's awesome about Scarebeck, I was just going to go about one more thing, because it is local to Billund, there are so many designers that are visiting as well, either as Lego fans or, well, going along to see what fans have created and um, also presenting on panels. So I went to a panel where Chris and Laura Perrin, um, who were both involved in designing the Lego Ideas office set, um, along with Diego, the graphic designer, they um, they presented a panel where they were talking about the process for that and how they decided which of the Easter eggs to put in and which of them to leave out and, and the like. Um, and that's just an example, there were a few panels over the course of the weekend with various designers and uh, program managers speaking at them. Um, yeah, it was just, there was something to keep you going all the time. Yeah, um, and and I'm not sure about you, I think being um, in an overseas convention, um, it was also very interesting to see what european builders you know brought to the show mm. um, lots of castles i think if you're uh you know and you know can you can you blame them you know all the all, all, the, all the best castles in the world um are scattered throughout europe so lots of lots of inspiration to draw from mm. but absolutely yeah the displays were very cool like you had a um, I'm not sure if this is a 90th anniversary thing or if it's a if it's a scareback thing, but there was a pretty good selection of you know your 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 classic teams, your cla- your, your space type teams. There was a there was a very cool um, Mtron black light this black lit display which I which I really enjoyed, um, and yeah, lot, lots of space as well. Um, I think the one thing that um, that stood out for me. So again, my 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 only frame of reference is is Brickvention. Um, and it, at Brickvention, you usually get quite a number of historical military type builds. You know, there's there's always um, you know fairly great um, mocks of you know the Anzacs or you know Australia's mm. uh, participation and 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 history um, in World War One. Um, I, I I don't recall seeing quite a number of. Um, yeah, war teamed builds, or at least they weren't. Um, there weren't. There weren't a lot of them. I, 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 I can't quite. I can't quite register um, in my brain right now. But I think that was the one big um, difference. Um, I, I would say that um, that's probably be to be expected, given Europe's proximity to both the First and Second World War geographically. Um, yeah. I think, and, and certainly it's something that a lot of locals mentioned was, you know, it was something that Godfrey, um the second generation family owner of the company, was always keen to avoid. It's part of the reason that there were no grey bricks available for the first castle in 1978, um, while they were trickling out in space the following year, um, hmm. was because he was very concerned about sort of real-life military vehicles rolling out and um, didn't feel that that was an appropriate direction for that to be taking. So I wonder if that that proximity to those events is part of the reason. Yeah, probably. And I think, you know, with um, everything that's going on in Ukraine um, at the moment, um, probably yeah. not, yeah, probably not, not. Um, you know, it's it's a bit too close to home for them. But I I yeah. think you're right. Like, you know, given the proximity to, to Lego and um I think Keld was there. Keld um paid a visit on or was that A Fall Day? Well, uh, you, know, you, you never know. Like the uh, um the, the, Keld, the, often at, Keld often attends. Um I didn't see him at Scarebeck. Um I 
just don't know if he got there this year or not, and that's just that I don't know. Mm. Um, did you see Kilt at Scarebeck? Did you manage to see Kilt at the AFOL day? Leave your comments below. Yeah, so... Yeah, it makes sense. Um, but 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 otherwise, I think it was um, yeah, it, it it was very very refreshing to see um, you know the stuff that um, European mock builders come up with. Um, you see a lot of these things on, um, and I recognize a lot of these mocks from from Instagram, from mm. um, you know from the Brothers Brick, for example. And it was nice to kind of see them up close and um, absolutely, and, yeah. So a lot of fun. And um, then, of course, once Scarebeck was over, we scuttled we off back to Billund. Scuttled back to Billund, where we caught up with some ambassadors for and teams for a pre RLFM days dinner, and then we um, yeah went to the Lego campus on. Monday morning, and we attended a few presentations. Two full days. Two full days. That of was... which we can tell you about half of one. Yeah. We, we had presentations from the Lego Star Wars team where we saw the Razorcrest revealed, and we also had a presentation from the Lego Ideas team. We heard um, about... The table football set, so that's the foosball set two one three three seven. That's due to be released on the first of November. Um, yeah, so that that was pretty. That was pretty um, pretty invaluable. I think just understanding the design design decisions. Um, that's a bit more of a. Um, it's a bit more of a different type of Lego Ideas model, given that it's not a static display model. In fact, it's made to be played with. Um, and I think the, the 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 big story coming out of the um, the official retail set is that it's a significantly scaled down version of the um, of the foosball table that uh, was submitted as part of the We Love Sports challenge. Mm. Uh, so just hearing from um, Samuel Johnson, who is the outgoing Lego Ideas design manager. And the designer who worked on the set, Antita uh, Brakhanov, um, was 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 very interesting. So I think the big one was that um, they tried to recreate the digital design that was submitted as part of the challenge, um, and then quickly discovered that uh, creating a foosball table out of Lego elements isn't the most straightforward thing. I think the big the big one, for example, was the. Um, the axle, the cross axles that um, were used as the rods for the players um, at that size, um, at the original size, they just ended up, you know, bending and snapping, and yeah, yeah. So it was it was it was, it was cool to hear it firsthand. Um, we weren't able to share photos, but we were also they 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 also brought in some of the earlier prototypes, and they you know kind of showed us the different points where. Um, the rods were starting to to snap, and you know, being being a foosball table, it's quite a it's quite a you know hectic game, back and forth game, um, and because Lego have pretty high standards when it comes to um, their you know product safety and product testing, um, yeah, I think they called it one of the most tested Lego sets of all time. Um, so that was that 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 was very interesting to to that or everyone yeah. just wanted to come and play with it. Yeah, yeah, they had what? At, uh, yeah, like I think they they said like three hundred over people kind of worked and contributed or tested the set in one way or another. So that was, yeah, that was that was pretty cool. Um, mm. Yeah, what else? Um, I'm trying to trying to think of all the different embargoes. They, they um, also they, we also heard about the Dungeons and Dra- the upcoming Dungeons and Dragons collaboration. Oh yeah. Um, it's still 18 months or so before we have the 50th anniversary of Dungeons and & Dragons and past experience with sets that have been derived from these challenges, which include um, included the We Love Sports, but also the Music Challenge, which yielded the Fender Stratocaster, and also a few gifts with purchase that have gone through the ideas process. It's typically about 18 months 
um, for those sets to make their way towards um, towards the shelves. So mm-hmm. I would expect that, um, you know, first half 2024, which will be the 50th anniversary year for Dungeons & Dragons, will probably be when we start to see the results. Well, we will see the winning submission later this year, but we will see how that gets translated I expect in 2024. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be exciting. Um, I think I, so. I don't, I don't play Dungeons and Dragons, but I played a lot of uh, computer games and role playing games that were inspired by Dungeons and Dragons. So I have a, um, you know, that that that's my affinity to um, Dungeons and Dragons. Um, mm. And look, I'm pretty happy that um, this is just another excuse to give us more high fantasy. Um, mm. You know. Um. Yeah. Who's gonna like anything? Anything they come up with, you know, dragons, a flesh eating. What was it? A flesh eating cube. Um, Gelatinous cube. The sorry. mimic. Yeah. Albears. Um. There's. You know, yeah. Um. All sorts of options. It's yeah. Fifty years old, and it's been so influential in defining how people interact and view, you know, fantasy as a whole. So you know. I'm 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 just I'm just excited to see what people come up with. Mm. I think it'll be really interesting to see. Um, that challenge is open for about another five weeks ish um, till mid November, and then there'll be a voting phase, and the winner will be announced before Christmas. Yeah, is the current plan. Uh, ideas.lego.com. Look under challenges. And I think that's all that we can talk about at this. Yeah, um, yeah. Everything else, you'll just have to wait and see. Save your money. Yeah, so I think being at being at Scareback, being at um, Fan Media Days, you know, being in being in Billund in general, um, there's a there's a huge congregation of um, you know not just um, not just Lego fans, but people that run Lego fan media. So you know, think um, you know, think of your. Lego websites, YouTube channels, Instagram accounts, um, all congregating at a, at, a, at a place at once, and Lego designers as well. So, you know, we've covered the 90th anniversary uh, at length on the podcast in the past few months. Um, not sure if you've noticed, but um, you know, we've you know we've we've talked about nostalgia. We've talked about sets that have inspired us, that have uh, special significance to us as as kids. We've talked about sets that have, um, you know, brought um, us out of, you know, our dark ages and how sets have evolved since the toys that we, you know, used to play with as kids. Um, so we thought it would be a good idea to also ask the Lego designers and um, people that run Lego fan media sites um, to talk about the sets that mean something to them. Absolutely. Well, we've put together a little package here. Um, we've got a wide variety of people caught in a wide variety of venues. All right. Um, enjoy the next segment, and I hope this. Um, I hope this is. Um, you know, I think first and foremost, I hope this is. Um, this 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 encourages you. This inspires you, and this just um, you know leaves you with a profound sense of nostalgia and love for Lego, which is why we're all here. just wondering if there is a set that has a special significance to you in your life. I really loved um, the Western sets in a way, so that was like one of my favorite themes and I had the big fortress. Legorado. Legorado indeed. And um, uh, I also loved the the Lion Knights or the Royal Knights mm-hmm. Castle 1995, 96. Yes, the race base plate. Yes, that one. Yeah. yeah. I never got it as a kid because when it was my birthday, the fright nights were in the were in the shop, so I got I got that castle, and it was like, oh man, I didn't want that. But anyway, <laughs> um, and then Star Wars came along, of course, and that was like I was in the prime marketing for um, Episode One. You know, it was I was that's a big deal. I was 10, 11, yeah, 10, 11. yeah. and yeah, and that just blew my mind. You know, like uh, Episode One, and then all the 
with all the things around it. And I started to collect the first wave. Um, and I still have them. It's really, it's really iconic for myself. And then, yeah, you grew up indeed, as you say, your dark ages. And then I, I always kept an eye out what they were doing. So I was always like in the toy mm. shops, like what is the latest thing that is on the shelves in a way and having the catalogs and stuff. But um, I was not aware of the modular buildings because I'm from a relatively smaller town and, you know, those bigger sets were not in, in the toy shop. Um, but I think I was like in my mid-twenties when I went to an official Lego store and there I saw um, these big houses, as I call them. So it's like, what is this? Like, is this a new line? Is this a new thing? And then I got the Parisian restaurant. I was like, yes, let's just buy it. And I was amazed with the amount of detail that went into that. And so that is like really the, the start of my passion for those buildings and details that went into that. And a few years later, ending up in the company working on the on the police station and the boutique hotel myself. Mm. So uh, yeah, it's really amazing that yeah. how everything turned out in a way. That, that's, that's fantastic. Uh, I think one of my favorites, uh, like my most defining ones, is uh, uh, Live on Mars uh, blue mech. There's a blue one and a red one, and I got the yes. blue one. And it's one of the first mechs I've ever built out of Lego, and it was like, it was a magical moment. Okay, for me it was this rally car uh, with, with some racing stickers. Uh, it was a white uh, car with a, with a classic... Um, minifigure with the red helmet oh, that yes. I loved uh, as a kid and uh, and I got to when I when I joined I got to get into the vault and and, and find this right like, like the the box an open box and that one there yes oh Hopeless. yes so uh, six six three four. Yes, Fantastic. I was a lot into cars when I was a, when I was a kid and when I was uh, playing with with Lego as a kid. Uh, so so yeah, that one, that one would be probably my my favorite or most impact. It's the ninetieth anniversary. Big year. Everything is nostalgic. Um, so we'd like to know if there is a, a special set that means something significant to you. Yeah, so my name is Antitza, I'm a, I'm a designer um, and Lego icons. A set that was very important to me was a family home from 2008 or mm -hmm. nine or seven or something like that. Because that was what actually brought me into, into Lego as a hobby. So that was one that I saw and I said, oh, this is so cool, I really want to... And I, I did not have Lego as a kid, so this was something that actually brought me into it. This was one of the creator three-in-ones? Yes. The glass one, yeah. Uh, so, I, yeah, I, had, I mean, something that, you know, it might seem simple from today's point of view, but it had a sliding door, and for me that was, like, mind-blowing. Oh, yes, another one, yes. And after that, I bought my first modular, and then I was just, like, hooked. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> cooked, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. My name is Jordan. I'm the creative lead of Lego Ideas. Uh, I had a lot of pirate skis growing up when I was very young. Uh, so I think being able to work on the Metalbeard Sea Cow from the Lego movie, which was a pirate ship, was like a, an odd nostalgia of like, it's a part of my childhood, but in a, a revamp, you know, it was a very different style. Um, but I also, I, I grew up with Star Wars. Mm -hmm. when I was a kid. I, have, I yeah. can tell. Yeah. You can tell by my Star Wars tattoo. Yeah. Um, so being able to work on Star Wars um, and, and doing some of the UCS models mm. was incredible because I never... I moved to the Star Wars team and was like, oh no, I, I'm not capable of designing Star Wars models because they're so you know, intricate with all the functions and details and stuff. And then I got offered the chance to do two UCS sets. And I was like... Wow, it's now or never. So mm. working on two of uh, two of those sets, one of them being my favorite Star Wars ship, which is the Snowspeeder, mm. uh, was was pretty incredible. That's right. For me, one one that I recall from my childhood was uh, yeah Lego Technic eight eight three nine supply ship, um, and I mean the reason for that is uh, is mostly because my my mum she had uh, like entered into a, a, like a giveaway contest uh, when we were living in Germany at the time, mm -hmm. uh, and and ended up winning this uh, this model, uh, and like I mean I was I was like what probably like eight nine years old so the the model was probably like like beyond my age range but uh, <laughs> I, I just recall that that was like a, a 
a really unique, fun model with functionality. Um, and I think I've, I've like taken that with me like to today, where some of my favorite Lego models are like Lego Technic with functionality, like especially the construction vehicles. Uh, it's always just, I mean. It's like a little bit of that play for me, uh, where you can adjust things and right. like uh, pick up stuff, and uh, yeah. So that's uh, that's always been uh, like fun uh, beyond like the display element of, of it. Cool, fantastic. Yeah, that's the first te- technic um, response. That, that is got. the first technic response that we've had. Very oh, cool. There you go. Yeah. Uh, my name is Andy Grubb. I'm a design manager on the Lego Icons and Architecture team. I've been at Lego since 2019, summer of 2019, so just a little bit over three years. And before that, I spent a long time as a creative and designer for the Legoland Parks. So I've uh, I've been translating modular buildings into um, facade designs for Legoland Parks, and it's a treat to, uh, now that I work here, to actually get to design them myself. Mm-hmm. For me... Um, my favorite a Lego set that just just speaks to uh, my love of Lego and celebrating 90 years and probably for a lot of people is the second space monorail in the Unitron theme Mm. and the reason is when I was in middle school Lego held a contest in collaboration with NASA for um, kids to build um, spaceships I forget exactly what the brief was, but basically make some creative spaceships. And the prizes were a grand prize. You could go to, you would get oh, like the whole Lego assortment or something crazy and go to space camp in Florida. Um, the The prize after that was something also about space camp. And then there were a hundred first place prizes where you didn't get the space camp, bit, but you got to just pick one set you wanted out of the current Lego catalog. And I'd already been to space camp. <laughs> So I told my parents, I don't want to win the grand prize. I just want to win first prize. And I think I submitted three different entries for this contest. And the one I'm pretty sure that won, although they didn't tell me, but I designed a spaceship for Santa to fly in the future when he has to deliver presents from planet to planet. Fantastic. Um, it used it used those long ski pieces from the ice planet sets uh, and a Santa from, I assume, a, a Lego extended line. I don't know. Anyway... What you can imagine, like, a kid in middle school would make for a set. But I sent it away. Months go by. It comes to be winter, uh, and I catch uh, pneumonia. Mm. And I'm incredibly sick. I'm out of school for weeks. Um, and, um, yeah, it was it was maybe, maybe shortly before that, but I found out that I did win first prize, and I got to pick the set that I wanted. And of course, I'm a I'm a kid. Like, who's who's going to pick the the ten dollars set when the Unitron monorail is in the catalog? Mm. It was the biggest thing, and it was the coolest. Like, it was the coolest thing, right? Like, uh, so that's what I picked. Us anyway. Months go by. I have pneumonia, and I'm sitting at home, I'm laying on the couch. I'm I'm feeling. I'm just watching TV. It's snowing outside, and my mom comes running up to the window outside the house, pounds on the glass, and lifts up this giant wrapped parcel. And I'm like, oh, it's here. <laughs> and my parents claim that from the point that I built that set on is when I got better. <laughs> and uh, that's that's uh, that's the power of Lego. <laughs> it is it. a very big box. Like, yeah, I recently picked one up with the box, and I was shocked at how big it was yeah. to me as an adult. Yeah, and yeah. I can't imagine just how big it was. It was it was probably half of my height as a kid, yeah. right? Like. And it's so it's so cool. Yeah. As, as an adult, it's still so cool. I was just yeah. Thank you for sharing that story. Yeah, thanks for sharing yeah. that story. Yeah. So I'm talking to Jonathan from Mini Superheroes today. So Jonathan, do you have a Lego Lego set that has a very special significance for you? Oh, thinking of a significant Lego set is like trying to pick a favorite child, but I can definitely think of one. Actually, I can think of two, but I'll keep it short. The first one is the Indiana Jones Temple Escape with the rolling boulder, because that was the first time I ever created a piece of Lego content. I created a stop motion on my flip phone. I'd love to find that now. The other being the 2012 wave of Marvel sets, because it brought me out of the Dark Age into where I am now. Fantastic. Thank you very much. My pleasure. 
Hello there, everyone. Ashen Flash here, and today we're uh, I'm here to talk about my favorite set from the last 90 years. What, like I said, has had the has the most significance for you in your life in any way? Uh, given the name, I'd have to go with uh, you know because Ashen Flash DC. It was probably the 2006 uh, Two Face chase because uh i i remember i was at an amusement park for the day came on the way home they were like my parents let me pick out a set and i picked out that and Mm -hmm. that put me down the path of loving batman in dc and yeah i wouldn't be here without that i don't think for sure that's where love passion came from Hello, uh, I'm, I'm Nico. Um, I'm a model designer at Lego um, or something. That's great. Um, I really love, uh, I want to say 1141 Fikao Spider. I don't know if that's correct, but that's one of my favorite Lego sets. Uh, it's like a little poly bag. It's a bionicle spider made out of like a bunch of like orange claws and the like the Pakawi mask. Um, I really love that it's like it's creating this little animal out of so few pieces. Um, I never had the set, um, but it was also like a combiner model off like two of the two of the Toa sets. So Pahatu and Anua, you could take pieces from both of them to like make yourself a a a speak out spider. Um, so that's something that I did as a kid. Um, and I thought it was pretty cool. It's pretty influential on my uh, on my life. About how old were you at the time that that was that you were playing with Bionicle at that stage? Um, maybe like less than ten, I think. Less, less than, than ten. 10. Okay. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Thank you, Nick. Jason, um, just in, as as heard, 90th anniversary, just one set that's special to you in your life, whether it's now, from the past, just one that holds a special place in your heart. Well, I I would say it would be the first AT-AT that was released. That that holds a very special place, as much much as the new ones are... You know, well, much more well designed. There's just something special about the first one. Yeah. It blew me away when I opened it on Christmas morning. Oh, fantastic! But also the uh, original X-wing. Oh, now yeah. was that the one with with the system I, label on the box or I, without the system label? With the label system on? label, oh, but okay, so I was nine true. nine years old when I opened that, just to get a sense of time. Yep. And now I'm 32 and working for Jens, who designed that. Oh. <laughs> so just it's full circle. Atticus, uh, how, long have you been with, how long have you been working with the Lego Group now? I've been here two and a half years. Fantastic. And going back to some point in your life, a set that has a very special place in your heart. I would have to say the Indiana Jones Escape from the Lost Tomb set. That first, that first Indiana yep. Jones movie set was one of my favorites. Uh, really kind of set the playing field for like that kind of action storytelling you can put in one little spot. Yep. And you just get a lot accomplished just through that, those like few little functions. Really, and also really took me back to when my, my dad showed me that movie when I was younger, even before those sets came out. Yep. So that, that so connecting to that and also just seeing the playset really be a fun playset really moved, like pushed me towards wanting to design toys. Honestly. Oh, fantastic. Thank yeah. you. I'm talking with Sina Weiss, corporate historian. Yeah, so um, just to start with uh, the last question about which Lego set means the most to me. Um, It's a difficult question, and you would think it wasn't, because this is what I do. But um, the thing is, when I grew up as a child, I grew up pretty close here to Billund, and I've been been playing with Lego bricks all my life, and I have two older brothers who Mm -hmm. had tons of Lego bricks. But the thing is, I don't remember them having any actual sets. Mm -hmm. I remember them having these big wooden boxes that my dad had built, Mm -hmm. and there would just be a ton of bricks, and they would be building with those. Oh, beautiful. So I don't really remember specific sets from my childhood. But when I started working here, um, I got to work on Lego Techniques Anniversary mm-hmm. um, a couple of years ago in 2017. Mm-hmm. And um, and I got to work pretty closely with the guy who sort of invented the Lego Technique building platform, yes. uh, Jan Ruyo. 
mm-hmm. who retired uh, last year. And um, and I really got an appreciation for his work and for the old Lego Technics set as well. Um, especially one which was the first set he ever created, which is that big chassis. Yep. Uh, and I can't remember the set number. The red one? The red one. Yep. Yeah. That one. I got to really appreciate simply because of hearing Yen telling how it was, you know, how it came to be. Mm-hmm. So I think that's probably whenever I go down to um, the Lego Vault now, I pull out that set and I remember all of those conversations with Yen and I remember his passion about it. So that's probably one of my favorite sets, really. Oh, fantastic. Um, that's so, lovely to hear. Yeah. Sina, thanks so much for your time. Sure. Francesco, this year we've been celebrating the 90th anniversary of the Lego Group. I was just wondering if there is any Lego set that holds a particular significance for you for any sort of fashion. Uh, yes, um, probably it's a bit boring because it's the Yellow Castle because that was my first big set that I got as a kid. So yeah, I still have my own from when I was a kid and uh, it, yeah, it's very important for me. Please don't consider that being boring. You're the first person who has used Yellow Castle as their answer to me. Oh, okay. <laughs> Good then. <laughs> um, it's 90th anniversary yeah. um, for the Lego Group, big year. Um, what's the one set that um, has a significant meaning to you? You just brought like five models to my mind. Um, well, I've got time, so. As, as a kid, the the Christmas I got the the Galaxy Commander, the classic space oh, one, blue and the, white. the one with the blue and white one yep. with two cockpits, a ship I rebuilt so many times through my childhood. That that was that was one of my favourite Christmases, and I, I loved that that model. I, I think it's it's brilliant. It has so much play in it with the it all opening up and the lab in the back. Um, so that one. Even now, if you look at when when I'm designing a a play set for kids, yep. a model like that, that's still there. Everything I'm always trying to make sure the cockpit's open in a cool way and that there's there's hidden things in the back and you know, like the agent's truck that I did. The the whole thing yep. is relates back to classic space. The the fact that it's a big vehicle with small vehicles inside. I'm always trying to do that. Yep. Gotta have some so, buggies. Yeah. So that that's basically it. Um, the Galaxy Commander. Yeah. Um, every time. Balash. So we're celebrating 90 years of the, of the Lego Group. Is there a particular set that is inspirational for you in your life? Well, there were a lot of sets, uh, but I would I would mention probably the uh, one of the Futuron sets uh, from '87. Uh, yes. Probably, I think it was called Star Defender. You know, like a spaceship with two pods. Yes, two, yes. two pods that were detachable. Yes. I, I remember very much Future that. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that one very much. We we've been in Finland with the family, and uh, you know we didn't have much Lego in Hungary. But there, when we were out there, I had the opportunity to get some Lego, and that's one of the most memorables. Fantastic! Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. My name is Boris, uh, stuck in plastic, toy photography, and um, the set that is um, important in my life um, is most probably every set that has beautiful minifix, because those we photograph. Thank you very much. Growing up, was there a set that for which you had particular fondness or that is special to you in in your in your journey as a Lego designer or as a as a kid playing with Lego or the like? I think there's a couple of sets that come straight to mind. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if I would say that they had a huge impact on me, I think. They're just Lego sets that I definitely remember. Yeah, yeah. Um, the first one was, and I don't know the scheme number, but it was an old Octane racing truck. I know the that, one. Uh, it was from town that had like I think it came with three F1 cars, little four wide F1 cars. Yeah. Um, and you could also get like a 999 little Octane race uh, F1 car as well. So mm-hmm. I remember that a lot. With the printer slope. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, with the numbers on there. Yeah, it had the numbers on. Yes, yeah. Um, and on, on the truck, you could slide out like a long grid piece. I think it was. So yeah. <laughs> so that that's one of the first ones I remember. And then I remember that Adventurers. I was a huge fan of. So that yeah. I collected everything. 
fantastic. And, uh, and Rock Raiders as well. Yes. But I was I was more of a completionist, so yeah. if I got into something, I really I needed to complete the world because I, I I couldn't just I'm not one of those kids who can take this and then play with it with a bit of this like when I was into Power Rangers I had I, I wanted to be immersed in that world and yep. Rock Raiders I was immersed in the world and adventures and everything so yeah I, I would focus on just one thing I've got Dave with me from Solid Brick Studios. Is there a Lego set that has special significance for you? Yeah, so I don't know if it's truly the very first Lego set like my family purchased for me, but there is one Lego set that I remember from my childhood back in the early 2000s, which is the uh, the Lego City Airport. It's not like a, a classic Lego City. It actually has the, the 1,000 number, so 10159. Um, that set, uh, I, just, I, I cannot forget about how much just time I played with it. Like that, yeah. the playability of that set was just unmatched. I feel like I, I, I remember modifying it. I, I, I also got into the Lego Star Wars later on, and I remember I, I would like throw Star Wars characters in there, and I'd have uh, Ferrari members. I just have so much fun playing around, like mixing and matching with this set. I, I felt like you know it's just an airport, but like I made it more than that, and uh, it, it was a great time. Absolutely, it's one of those great, great play sets where you've got multiple things to swoosh and zoom, and places for people to sit. Just magnificent. Child. Do, you have, do you have a sealed? version Is that on uh, your list? I do have a sealed version that is in special. my collection of that mm-hmm. Gwyneth Cosfield, Bricknerd. And the uh, set that would be uh, closest to my heart is the Orange Mixel series. And I don't know what their three names are, but my son would because his enthusiasm for that line and in particular that color and those three are what brought me to go so deep into Lego. Thank you very much. All right. Is there a particular set that has a strong importance for you on any level? I don't think I will ever part with uh, 10182 Cafe Corner because uh, that is what made me realize that there were Lego sets that were actually aimed at a, at a more adult audience. I bought it thinking I'll check if this is still fun now that I'm an adult uh, and I haven't looked back since. So that's that's really what brought me back to Lego and that's, that's, why, when I, that's why it just holds a very special place in my heart. Fantastic. Thank you very much. Rock, thank you for talking with us today. Um, Absolute pleasure. Uh, could you give me your current title here at the Lego Group? I'm a senior designer in Icons and Architecture team. This year we are celebrating the 90th anniversary of the Lego Group. Is there a particular set that is significant to you in your life in some way? Oh, I have quite a few. Yep. Although I didn't have a lot growing up, mm-hmm. I did wish for some. Mm. For example, I was dying to have the pirates, the castles, mm-hmm. the space monorail. Mm-hmm. But that was just big guys from a catalog, from a, from yep. a kid in Slovenia uh, we, with we, a single mom. So I finally got if you remember it was the Futuron monorail station it's just like yes. a set that was basically a station yeah. so I didn't mm. get the monorail obviously but man did my imaginary train arrive to that station so many times I've played with that like I had the whole line oh, fantastic so yeah and I didn't have the big ships I didn't have the Barracuda or the Clipper but I did have the Harbour Sentry yes and it had everything it had the Admiral rowing with a little uh, cannon at the back it was brilliant. The Cold Wars with the pirate raft, which had three minifigs. So, you know, <laughs> in a kid's imagination, those sets then go a long way. Hi, it's uh, William. I'm from France. And uh, I'm here to represent a hot brick, a uh, French blog about Lego. Like, Is there a particular Lego set that has has a special significance for you? Well, there is, uh, but it's not a product uh, from my uh, childhood because mm-hmm. as a child uh, I don't even recall having uh, access to Lego toys. I was playing with other construction products, but not Lego. Mm-hmm. Then I got myself kids and uh, I bought, it was uh, 2009 mm-hmm. I bought a TIE fighter to one of my kids 
and this set is uh, something more for me than for him because mm -hmm. he played 20 minutes with it and then gave it back to me mm -hmm. but for me it was the most important set of my life because it brought me into Lego, not back into Lego, but brought you into, into Lego into for Lego. the first time. Fantastic. So I had to wait to be almost 40 years old to rediscover, to discover mm. the Lego hobby. Yeah. After you built this TIE fighter, did you um, then follow that up with any particular set? Yeah, an X-Wing, obviously. Not for my kid this time. I bought it for myself, and uh, it was a real pleasure because I never had Lego toys as a kid to buy myself a toy without using the pretext to buy it for my ki my own kid. It was for myself, my pleasure, my X-wing. Fantastic! And it was cool. Excellent. Thank you very much, Will. And so, James, this year we're celebrating the 90th anniversary of the Lego Group. What I would like to know is a set that remains inspirational or has a special place in your heart. My favourite set from when I was growing up was the Flying Time Vessel from Time Cruisers. Oh, yes, yes. Um, so that was very inspiring to me uh, when I was, I was like very young when I got it. But like having a set like that uh, helped me uh, realise that like Lego could be used to make like crazy wacky things like outside of your imagination like it gave you that permission to make anything you want because it was like it was like a boat with like a plane wings and like a yep. submarine and, and yep another one yeah so it had it had all these like crazy things it's like oh so I can use all these things together because like it really helped you like use all the bricks in your brick bucket yep. to like make anything um, and I credit it with making me a Lego designer today by getting me like really engaged with like that freeform building that is Absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing that. Jay, thanks a lot for helping to gather the sound bites that we put together for that. And a big thanks to everyone who's shared their significant set. Thanks also to the members of the AFOL engagement team who worked tirelessly to put on a, f a fantastic event and to provide us with some amazing opportunities, many of which we can hardly wait to share with you. Couldn't have said it better myself. Folks, we hope you've enjoyed that little bit of content. It's a bit different to anything else that we've typically produced um, here for Extra Pieces. If you've enjoyed it, please let us know. Um, send us a message either on Instagram or on Twitter at Extra Pieces Pod or send us an email to extrapiecespod at gmail.com. And otherwise, until next time, I'm Richard from The Rambling Brick. And I'm Jay from Jay's Brick Blog. And these are the Extra Pieces. You have been listening to Extra Pieces, a collaboration between Jay's Brick Blog and The Rambling Brick. Your hosts are Jay Ong and Richard Jones, written and produced by Jay Ong and Richard Jones. Extra pieces can be found through your favourite podcasting platforms. Please like and subscribe, and if you like what you hear, please give us a solid five-star review. It will make it easier for other people to find us and to share the joy.